Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 151 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today I have a treat. His name is Kyler. He is a massage therapist, a personal trainer, a life coach. And the unique thing about Kyler is that he grew up in a family. So grew up as a kid experiencing what a lot of us experience from the perspective of being the wife. And I, you know, Kyler, why don't you tell us, I was, I don't want to, I could read your bio, but let's just have you tell us a little bit about how you grew up and what, and a little bit about your journey about coming out and why you became a personal trainer and a massage therapist and a life coach. We just want to hear it from you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I grew up in a pretty strict, uh, religious family. Uh, my dad was always fairly, uh, controlling narcissistic and, uh, he got saved two weeks before my mom and he got married. They, they both had an encounter, a spiritual encounter, uh, two weeks before they got married and he was 28. She was 27 or she was 17. Uh, he oh, was wow. 28. Um, and six, she was six months pregnant with me. And that was, I was the reason they got married. Um, my mom, uh, wanted me to grow up with a dad and my dad felt pressured by both families to, uh, marry her. So, um, so it was very kind of unwilling, uh, reluctant on his part, mm -hmm. but, um, so he, kind of, I feel like he kind of lost his identity. He had been a drummer, a filmmaker, um, and he had still did those things for a little bit. But um, when he heard the teaching that God works through authority and, um, uh, and, and there was an extreme version of that teaching where God only works through authority, uh, he really latched onto that. And I think it like gave him a, like a second chance at significance, uh, being the spiritual head of a home, being the leader. So, uh, things kind of got more and more intense as, um, life went on. And, uh, when I was 12 and I'm the oldest of six, but there's some big age gaps. So, um, at the time there was just four of us boys. Um, when I was 12, we joined a, uh, Christian homeschooling cult basically. Was and, it ATI by any yes. chance? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say this sounds so familiar. Yeah. So he took <clears throat> everything even more extreme than any other ATI family that I knew. Mm. So, um, on my 12th birthday, I, we, I signed the purity contract and, uh, he wanted me to begin, uh, confessing my sins to him every day because he believed since God works through authority that, uh, God could only forgive me if he forgave me first. So like basically anything I did wrong, I was supposed to confess to him every day. And, um, and I ended up doing that until I chose to quit doing that at 21, where like, I didn't get away till I was 22, uh, from that home. And my actual act of rebellion at 22 was, um, uh, driving into town without my dad knowing, giving permission or praying protection over me for the first time in my life. Oh so, my gosh. uh, and we were like, just 
completely kept at home, completely controlled. Uh, everything that we did and said and ate was micromanaged. And um, I was accused of, you know, motives, whatever it was that my dad, you know, felt like accusing me of uh, was my motive. And it took me a long time to realize that I could know more than my dad, what my motives were. Mm. Uh, so like so much um, uh, manipulation and um, uh, psychological and spiritual abuse uh, and some physical abuse. So um, uh, my uh, I, I didn't realize until last year that I had developed complex PTSD uh, through that whole process. And uh, a lot of my health issues, including extreme fatigue, and inability to build muscle, which specifically manifested as hypothyroid and hypoadrenia and Epstein-Barr virus. Uh, I was skin and bone, couldn't get stronger, uh, felt my energy draining from the time I woke up um, in, the, uh, in the morning. And if I worked out consistently, I would get weaker and smaller. And so it was super scary. I thought this is supposed to be my prime. This is supposed to be my youth. Um, this is when everyone, you know, looks back on and, and says, I could, you know, stay up all night and then go to school all day or work all day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wasn't experiencing any of that. And I was like, what, what is it going to be like when I actually get older? Um, and then my love language was, was touch, but that was so evil. And, um, my dad basically trained me to feel intense shame for being attracted to women in general um, through the confessing, uh, that I did. And so like the healing process led me to, um, uh, pursue the things that I have pursued, uh, including the, the personal training as I got obsessed with trying to figure out how do I experience any amount of energy and any amount of increased strength. Um, and then, uh, massage therapy, cause I, I craved human connection, but also I, I, grew up feeling like I could sense the condition of muscles under the skin. Like my dad did start asking me to massage his feet when I was three. So it's kind of his fault that I ended up in that direction. Um, <laughs> There's a but, little perk that came out of the whole yeah, thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, and then of course the life coaching, because I'm like, how, what is this process of becoming someone that you have never been before? And, and like, especially if you've been told you could never be that person. Uh, mm -hmm. but you really want to be that person, but you just have no tangible evidence of the possibility of becoming who you want to be or experiencing the life that you want to experience. So, um, so yeah, so it really motivated me on a deeply personal, emotional level to, uh, pursue the massage therapy, personal training and life coaching. What a combination and what a miracle. I mean, you're really a miracle that you came out of that. And that you were able to see it and recognize it. And you had to get out. You had to like, I like how you called it the act of rebellion. Yeah, you to, right. You had to do that act of rebellion. And a lot of the women that are listening, they're thinking, they think in that, in those terms, like, well, right. I can't, I can't like speak up. I can't have a voice. That would be rebellious that God would tell me, tell me, I'm just curious your view of God. What is that like now? Yes. Yeah, so it's definitely, um, it's definitely changed and I've kind of moved away from Christianity in the way that it looks now. And I actually end up, uh, when I was, 
uh, 29 and 29 30, I went to a, a one-year Bible school and um, discovered what hermeneutics was. Um, it's the it's a branch of philosophy and it's the art and science of interpretation. And a lot of Bible schools have that class um, focused on the Bible. So how do you understand based on um, immediate context and uh, big picture context from all of scripture? Um, how do you interpret a, a particular verse and um, make it make sense? Like all the different things that might seem to contradict. How do you bring that together? So, and I realized I had actually been doing that um, on a limited basis uh, from the time I was 15, because um, starting when I was 15, I was like, I need to know if God is like my dad or if he's totally different. Mm, and wow. um, I'd had a, a, a beautiful uh, connection with uh, spirit, with source uh, when I was three uh, with love. Um, and um, so that was kind of what gave me some hope that th that uh, God might be different than that. And so, um, uh, so from 15 to 22, I was reading the Bible for uh, around 45 minutes to an hour a day. Um, and I kept a notebook with all these questions and I was like filling out responses from scripture that I found. Um, and I was also memorizing uh, a verse a day and I, I ended up memorizing, reciting 18 books of the New Testament to my family uh, in those years from 15 to 22. And, um, and so then when I was at this Bible school and discovered hermeneutics, I got so excited about it. The director ended up asking me to teach hermeneutics the next two years. And then it was in that process that I was like studying even more and realizing that the way, uh, Christianity has been lived out for most of the last 2000 years. And then especially in America, doesn't even line up with Jesus's message or, you know, the, the new Testament for the most part. And, um, and so, um, and then I've kind of like moved away from, um, the Christianese and the churchianity, mm -hmm. um, and really, um, try to try to be a little bit more neutral in what I say. Cause if someone says God, there can like, depending on who's listening to you say that word, like there could be a million different associations with that. Yeah. And yeah. so I try to like focus on more neutral things like source or love. Cause I do believe that God is love Yeah, and that uh, we come from love and that we will return to love and like all those things. So um, that feels like it lines up more with the heart of Jesus um, without the religious baggage that is often, uh, associated. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just love this. I love everything you're saying. I noticed, I caught that when you use the word source and love when you were three years old. And I'm like, that's, that is so good because, so, because we do. I mean, I, when, when you say God, I immediately, my pro my brain's programming, cause this is yeah. from the time I was little immediately just drums up this certain connotation of yeah. who God is. And it's not, it's kind of this really mixed message sort of a God. Right. Oh, totally. very confusing. Yeah. So um, I, I have also tried to find different words to describe him or to use, like I've used um, like the u universe even. Yeah. Yep. Um, And I know, I know some people, especially Christians, because I mean, you, if you, if you grew right. up in the whole Gothard thing, then you know, the initial reactions that some of these people have 
to this kind of stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, it's new age. But I think it's really helpful to think if you use a different word, then you've got a clean palette to work with. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a clean slate. It's white. Now you can actually paint on it what you really do, what you know for sure of God. Like you said, you know for sure that he's love. Totally. We know that for sure. So let's just hang on to that. Let's make sure that that for sure is on our on our um, whiteboard. Right. And then we can add things to it as we go. And a lot of things that are the baggage, we are definitely not going to add it to the whiteboard anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the reason it's so funny because we're kind of going off in a different direction, but I just love this. Um, but the reason why we invited Kyler onto this podcast is because it's the beginning of the year. We're recording this in, what is this? It's still October, right? <laughs> During the recording, yeah. but this is actually going to go out at the beginning of the year, 2022. And of Perfect. course, a lot of people are thinking about, you know, turning over a new leaf and taking care of themselves. And this year is going to be different. And I do this every year. I think it's good. Cause I feel like I, I take two, I take three steps forward at the beginning of the year. And then I take two steps back. But, you know, I gained a step every year. So I think it's important that we think about this now. Yes. And a lot of the women that are listening, they are actually struggling with health issues because they have been just so broken down spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And um, they don't think that it's like, they think it's self. Some people actually think it's selfish to take care of your body or to take care of You're supposed to like be a living sacrifice and basically, totally. you yeah. know, like die, end up washed up on the shore, like a half eaten, <laughs> yes. like a half eaten whale. For and sure. that's not, that doesn't actually, I don't know how we can do, you know, accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. If we're, if we're struggling in these ways, if we can help it. Now, some people who are listening you have things that they can't be changed. They're just unchangeables. Mm -hmm. But there are some things that even if we have unchangeable things, there are some things we can still, we can focus on the things we can change and the things we can't. Like even I've been doing yoga lately. I yes. found out you can do yoga just sitting. So like I, if I want it, I'm not, I can actually do the regular yoga, not all of it, but some of it. But if I was really old, I would, I'm still going to do it. Even if it's just sitting in my chair and doing what I can do. Absolutely. So I want you to talk about like you, you said you could talk about how to keep things simple or how to keep things doable, which I think is appeals to me, especially because I still have a really busy life. I, my youngest yeah. is nine. I still have kids in um, junior high and high school, and I'm still kind of really busy. Yeah. And totally. I need things to be, you, you use the word intuitive. I kind of yeah. need things to be more intuitive instead of time to go to the gym and work out. Like my two older boys do, you know, they go to the right. gym and they work out. They look like, you know, they could kill you if, or, you know, if they like touched you with their pinky finger Right. and that I don't necessarily want to look like that. I just want to be healthy. Yep. I just want to yeah. feel good. Tell us about that. How can we do that? Yeah. So that was definitely, I mean, I was forced to figure that out because of my extreme fatigue and I couldn't, I couldn't get heavier. I'm five, eight. I couldn't get heavier than 120 pounds until I was 22. And like I said, if I worked out, I got weaker and smaller. Yeah. So, um, so I was reading all of, it was kind of like the beginnings of my, uh, my rebellion. Cause my, my, my dad didn't like me looking busy because he wanted me to be available all the time. But um, I was like, I was getting these, 
books on fitness and strength training and studying this. And according to those books, which are good quality books, um, like I was supposed to be, you know, uh, doing a certain frequency of, of working out and all of this, and it wasn't working for me. So I, I, that was my first intuitive, um, change that I made, uh, from what I was reading was, you know, theoretically this can't work, but I'm going to try splitting all of the muscle groups in my body 14 ways and only hitting that one muscle group each day and, you know, getting, coming back to that one muscle group, um, every two weeks. So I split the whole body into, uh, two weeks worth of, uh, individual muscle, uh, movements. And, um, and I kept the rest of my body in a state of calm, uh, almost like I was meditating and I would work the one muscle group, whether it was just, just biceps or just triceps or just calves or just inner thigh or just outer thigh. And, um, and I would reach fatigue in that one muscle and then rest for a couple minutes and then reach fatigue again, and then rest a couple minutes and then reach fatigue again. And, um, that was the first time I started experiencing progress and wow. getting a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger. It took forever. <laughs> um, and, like um, what's forever. Well, um, I, I think I gained, well, so when I was like, there was a couple different time periods of doing this. So I was getting ready for the Marines. So six months I was working. And I think this was, this was the first time I had taken my power back. And so there was like a huge energy boost just from doing that part. So in six months, um, I gained 10 pounds, which is pretty amazing. But then yeah. after that, it was slower. Okay. Um, when I, 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 I was really set back in, um, boot camp and all the Marine training. And so I had to take some more time to recover from that. And then after that, it was maybe, uh, five to 10 pounds a year. Um, and it took me a few years to get up to, uh, 170 pounds and I'm just over 170 pounds now. Okay. So, um, so I've, I've added 50 pounds of lean tissue, uh, more than 50 pounds of lean tissue to my frame. But, um, if, if a normal healthy guy had been working as hard as I was working and being as consistent as I was being, um, I'd be a massive bodybuilder by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you've um, had to work really hard. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Okay. And just very consistently and very intuitively and adjust my workouts each day based on my energy. Um, and you were talking about, you know, ways for keeping it simple, especially when you've got a busy life. Um, some of the time that I, some of my workouts have been simply today, I'm going to do, uh, pushups against the counter whenever I remember to do that. So every hour or two, I remember, and I go and I do a max set of pushups against the counter. When and you say so, max, max set, what does that mean? So that, that means that you're reaching a level of fatigue. Okay. Um, so it's not necessarily to failure because sometimes people talk about always going to failure, like when you can't do the movement anymore. And that's a little bit intense. 
Um, but you do want to reach some level of fatigue because your body uh, doesn't necessarily want to increase your lean tissue, your bone and muscle, uh, because it's, it's focused on being efficient. And so your body is like a good accountant. It wants to, um, uh, increase savings and reduce expenses. And so in, in one aspect of looking at it, um, your fat cells are your savings and your lean tissue is, is your expenses because it's the most metabolic tissue. It burns more calories than any other tissue in the body. So, um, so as like, if, if you're not intentionally increasing or maintaining your strength, your body is going to be reducing it. Okay. So it's going to be uh, lowering your bone and muscle density, unless you're intentionally maintaining it or increasing it. And all you need to do to maintain or increase it is to uh, reach fatigue a few times, a couple times a week. Wow. That's all? That's all. Uh, your body needs to get that signal. So if you are, you know, let's say that there's three exercises, uh, strength exercises that are, I feel like the most important because they involve the most muscle groups. And so one would be, uh, the push movement. Um, usually I recommend pushups against the counter, uh, because if you're trying to do it against the floor and you can't get full range of motion, um, it's not going to be as beneficial as doing full range of motion against the kitchen counter. Okay. So by um, full range of motion, you mean that your arms go all the way, but I mean, so your body's from, going yeah, all the from way down. straight elbows to, um, elbows as bent as they can get, okay. uh, with a uh, chest at the uh, edge of the counter. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I could and, do that. I can't do, I can't do pushups uh, on the floor for that reason, but I could totally do it against the countertop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So then, um, and then you, for the upper body, you also want the pull movement, which, um, is kind of challenging to do without any equipment, but the uh, piece of equipment that I love the most and recommend the most is just a simple resistance band that you can pick up in the sports section of any, uh, major store. Okay. So, um, and if you're getting the, the, your first one, usually on the back of the package, um, they've got like their five different colors that they have for their brand yep. um, and the strengths that are related to that. So I would get um, the mid strength or just below that to start with. If you're not, if you're not sure about uh, where you're at, because the nice thing about the resistance band is like um, they usually come with the, um, the door strap. So if you uh, put that in the door around chest height, you can back up a little bit more as you get stronger so that there's more tension. Okay. So it, it it's, you can use it for a little bit longer than, um, then you might, you know, use one weight of a dumbbell, uh, cause you can adjust this, the tension. So, um, and then just basic body, body weight squats, uh, gets all of the leg muscles involved. So between those three strength wow. exercises, you will be sending that signal of strength to all those muscles and the bones that they're attached to. So, uh, bone density can only be increased through strength training. Um, and I know a lot of people talk about, uh, increasing your calcium and your vitamin C and vitamin D, 
uh, for bone strength. And that's, that's good. That's helpful, but your body is not going to utilize those additional nutrients unless it thinks it needs to. And it doesn't think it needs to, unless it has that stimulus of lifting heavy things. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so being consistent with that and, and fatigue, um, could be burning in the muscle. That's when, um, the fuel in the muscle, the ATP runs out and it starts, your muscle starts producing lactic acid. And so it, it starts feeling warm and then it feels like it's burning. Um, it, your muscle could start quivering. Uh, that would be another symptom of fatigue. Um, or you could just find yourself not able to do the full range of motion, uh, anymore. And that's another symptom of fatigue. So you could experience all three or one of those three. Okay. So this is something really that we can do kind of throughout the day when we think yep. of it, just be doing squats. Like when you think of it, or even, I mean, I stand at my desk, so I could be doing awesome. squats while I'm standing and, totally. um, the countertop thing, I'm totally going to start doing that. I, I, I love this because I don't, I don't have time to go to the gym. Right. Um, and we do have weights here, but yeah. I, I have done weightlifting, but I don't, I, I actually just can't stand it. Okay. I hate okay. it, but, yeah. but, but me, but, but actually what you're saying though, is making me think I could have a couple of weights in my office and just do that. I think in my brain, I think, Oh, if I'm going to work out, I have to work out for an hour. Right. And I feel like that's, that is the thing that, um, so, you know, it, it, it feels like it kind of lines up with so much in our culture where, you know, even, uh, we were talking about Christianity and uh, Christianity has been very patriarchal. And, um, and I don't believe the Bible is patriarchal, even though it was written within a patriarchal culture. Yeah. So, um, so it seems like it is, Yeah. but, um, but I also believe that source, um, is very gracious in adapting its message to the culture it speaks to. So, um, so it's, it doesn't necessarily agree with the culture. It just, doesn't try to change the culture. Right, uh, right. Because like we have freedom of choice. Yep. So we have to be the ones that realize, wait, this doesn't align with humanity's highest good. So let's do something different. So same thing within fitness, like the standard within fitness is to push yourself as hard as possible to prove that you want it bad enough to, um, to like, you know, send that message to your body, to yourself, to everyone else that you're a badass and, and all that stuff. And that's like, so unnecessary and yeah. beside the point, like, um, like why do we need to be fit? Not to be the fittest on earth, but to be able to live the life that we dream of to its max. Are you a woman of faith who also happens to be divorced? I've been developing a brand new program that will give you the tools you need to manage your thoughts and emotions, grow your self-confidence so that you can take risks and do things you never dreamed possible, and so you can build happy, healthy relationships with other people. Did you know none of this good stuff depends on your outward circumstances or your past? You can generate the life you've dreamed of all by yourself, and I'm going to teach you how through online classes and transformational coaching. 
Are you ready to take your new life to the next level and fly higher? Learn more and get on the waiting list at joinflyinghigher.com. I love that. Okay. So how, how do you, what would you recommend as far as like the cardio aspect of it then? Yeah. So, um, so that's interesting as well. Uh, I actually couldn't do cardio for a really long time because it was the most depleting of my energy. So, um, I do believe in movement and I believe walking is incredibly good for you. Uh, but unless you are just someone that naturally loves to run and you get a really positive physiological response from it. Um, which I don't. And, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so I would encourage, um, uh, like 10 to 20 minute, uh, maybe even 30 minute walks, um, a couple times a week, uh, because walking is really, really good for you. Uh, the, the problem, like we, we are obsessed with, um, uh, sweating and with a high heart rate within the fitness world as well. And if you have any sort of uh, trauma and trauma-related health issues, um, autoimmune issues, like multiple health issues most people have, then you are going to be riding the edge of depleting yourself if you do anything super intense. Uh, but you do get all the benefits of increased oxygen intake and delivery uh, just by the walking. Uh, so wow. walking is really powerful. Um, the other, the other benefit to walking over like high intensity training or high intensity interval training, the hit is, um, is that you don't like when you do the hit exercises, often your, um, your appetite goes through the roof because your body is like, we got to replace these calories that we've burned. Um, and so then sometimes you can end up eating more than you burned. Uh, whereas with walking, um, it's usually kind of an appetite suppressant. So, um, so then you don't tend to overindulge, uh, but you still burn some calories, um, uh, and, uh, increase your oxygen, um, saturation for all the cells. Okay. This is really good news for me because I remember I told you, I stand at my desk. Yes. I, I also have one of those walk things under my oh, desk. Perfect. So I walk twice a day for half an hour. Oh, awesome. And I just turn yeah. the thing on and I'm working because I work at my desk. I just work and walk. That's amazing. So I, I'm actually, I'm so excited right now because I wasn't sure. I always feel like, and maybe this is from that background. I yeah. always feel like I'm never doing enough. I'm never, right. <laughs> I'm always trying to catch up and try to figure out I can't ever be perfect enough and do what I need to do. And, 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 you know, I'm going to be cursed if I don't get it right. Right. I know. I know there's so much pressure. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, this is good. I'm, I'm kind of excited. All right. What about the food, <laughs> the food thing? Yes. Yes. Talk about that. Yeah. So, um, so obviously there's a kind of a wide range of places people could be, um, with their nutrition intake, but the way I like to keep that simple to start with is, um, like take an honest assessment of what you eat, like actually track for a day. I, I don't actually believe or encourage, um, 
uh, ongoing tracking because that can get really obsessive um, and be triggering um, and all that. But it is important mm -hmm. to to do that once in a while, um, just to like, what am I actually eating all day? Yeah, and uh, especially to do it, um, enter it in a uh, calorie tracker. There's a whole bunch of good ones out there. Um, I've used My Fitness Pal a lot, so it'll it'll show you the macros, uh, the total fats, proteins, and carbs that you're taking in. So, and then you can use the same app or a different app to kind of calculate what what seems to be an ideal for my goals. Like if I do want to lose a little bit of weight, um, where should I be range wise? And so it's just like that one time check-in don't get obsessed with it, but just kind of like to see where you're at, just get a reference point, um, kind of like checking the compass and, um, and then, and then like, look at what are you, what are you eating? What do you know? isn't good for you and what do you know is good for you and and what i like to use is just is it real food um and i kind of loosely define real food as does it look like where it came from <laughs> yeah so snickers bars doesn't count right <laughs> darn um yeah so anything highly packaged or processed um and i know like there's there's a lot of emotional things uh, for people around food. Yeah. Um, and so then people might become vegetarian or vegan or, or whatever. And, and vegetarian and vegan have been shown to be really effective for uh, cleansing and for recovery, but um, there's not a lot of nutrient density in there. Um, and people might be surprised to hear it. Um, but uh, animal muscle meat is a hundred times more nutrient dense than um, vegetables. Mm. And, uh, organ meat is a hundred times more nutrient dense than muscle meat. Um, so like we're very used to supplementing or supplementation, uh, in our health culture now, but if you're eating the right things, you don't have to. And yet at the same time, uh, you can, um, make healthy changes within whatever, uh, realm of, nutrition that you are feel like you need to follow. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so there's a lot of really good, uh, vegan protein powders. And, um, I think there's, there's a message out there that like, you don't need as much protein as, um, as has been said, but aside from water, which is the number one ingredient for every cell in the body, um, amino acids, are the next number one ingredient for every cell in the body. So, and your body is replacing cells constantly. Like you've got all new skin cells every two weeks. You've got all new organ cells every two to three months. Um, wow. and, and then your bones, which take the longest, um, are completely brand new every five to seven years. So no cell in your body is older than seven years old. And so, um, and that is part of the aging process is the, um, the lack of nutrition. So if like, what is your body making those new cells of, if not what you eat? So if you're eating things that are mostly calories, which your body does need, it needs that energy, that unit of energy. But if it doesn't come with all of the 
nutrients, the minerals and the vitamins that are supposed to come with the calories, then your body is still having to make those new cells and it's having to actually steal from your own tissue to make those new cells. And so in the hierarchy of tissue, the least important tissue, even though it's so important, is your bone and muscle. So that's where your body is going to steal from for all the nutrients to make the new cells that it's constantly making. So if you are not uh, taking in enough of the amino, amino acids and nine of those amino acids cannot be made by the body, it has to be, has to come from food. Um, if you're not getting enough of those, then you're just going to, you're going to be accelerating your aging process and uh, the uh, deconstruction of your body. Fascinating. Um, I, I, I need to bring you into my programs and teach a class on this for oh, the that, women who are in my amazing. programs. Yeah. They would love this. I, they would especially love, like, I would love to hear like, what's the best kind of diet to be not diet, but the best kind of eating habits that would help you age gracefully. Yeah. I'd like to know, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it would emphasize uh, protein and fat. It would limit um, carbs to uh, vegetables and fruit, and, um, and then, yeah, uh, if you're getting enough protein, protein is like the main thing that your body is looking for. And so you're going to stay hungry until you get enough protein. And so if you're not eating protein and you're snacking on carbs, you're going to be hungry all the time and you're going to be wanting to snack all the time. Yeah. But, um, uh, if you get enough protein, uh, you should be able to go three, four, five hours, uh, between meals and just have those meals that you intend to have, um, and be fine in between. Um, and sometimes in recovery, like I've been consistently like prepping my own meals and working out for, uh, coming up on 19 years. And, um, and it's been a journey and, and I've been experimenting with different things. And so it's not going to be, um, an immediate thing. And I think it's so, so important to have, um, you know, compassion on yourself, grace for yourself for whatever situation you find yourself in. But if you kind of keep, um, kind of like a, a ship that keeps checking the compass or the stars, like if you just kind of keep a pulse on where you're at versus where you would like to be and you keep generally moving in that good direction, then you will uh, continue to experience improvement. So the other thing for aging uh, gracefully is the strength training. I feel like that is the most important thing that you mm. can keep doing um, because if you signal to your body to keep that bone and muscle dense, um, then you're, you're not going to experience a lot of those um, uh, symptoms that are assumed to be part of aging. So, yeah. um, and I can't remember who said it now, but, um, uh, someone that's knowledgeable <laughs> said like, uh, up to 90% of what we consider the effects of aging is actually the effects of, uh, strength loss. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So if we have you come into a class, yep. which we, we will, we are totally going to do this. We will talk. I want, cause I wanted to touch on this in the podcast, but I think we'll just do a deeper dive in the class, but I definitely want to talk about 
Um, and this will be a teaser, I guess, for those of you guys who are listening. If you're not in my program, you need to get in there. But we can talk about the um, the emotional aspect of all of this because totally. there's all kinds of barriers that have to do with our brains yep. Yep. <laughs> more than anything else, more than our stomachs and more than our our muscles, right? Yes. And that's what I, that's what I think I'd love to you know go into with you as well in a class. Um, Okay. So we're going to wrap this up. Why don't you tell the listeners how they can find you and what other, like, what are some of the, I know you're a massage therapist, so obviously you can't do that over the internet, right? What, what do you offer for people who are, you know, on the internet and maybe want help from you? Yes. So, um, so my website is Kyler and my name is spelled with an A. So it's K Y L A R, um, wellness, Dot com. So kylerwellness.com. And um, I have uh, my services listed there. Um, one of the things I th- feel like your listeners might find most helpful if they wish to is um, I run uh, a fitness support group called um, Intuitive Momentum Fitness. Ooh. And it's based on, um, uh, it's based in a Facebook group. So um, if they're able to join that, um, it's just $22 a month. And they basically have me on retainer as their personal trainer, life coach. And so as they're working on their health, um, anytime they've got questions, they're free to access me through that group. Um, and then I go live every week and, um, I prompt everyone in the group with a post and then they can, uh, share with me what they're experiencing, what they're going through. And then I respond to those, um, in the live as well. Uh, so that is, that's one thing that might be helpful. Yeah. That sounds awesome. What, what else do you do? So, um, so life coaching, um, I can do that, um, uh, over zoom. Uh, and so that may be like, and, and some individual personal training, if they want, uh, something like a full hour focused on their goals. So, um, those, those are available. And I'm also, um, you know, like we said, this is end of October. I'm hoping by Thanksgiving, I will have published uh, my book, Keeping Fitness Simple. And, um, and so that should be available as well. Congratulations. That Thank is so, so exciting. Thank you. Oh my goodness. That's a huge undertaking to write yes. and publish a book. Huge. So you're on the finish line. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And you guys that are listening, this is this Kyler is amazing because he comes out of everything that we've experienced. So he's got that, that past worldview, and then he's evolved out of that kind of how many of us are trying to um, do he's. And so he has that. It's just nice to be able to work with people who have that background and that understanding. And honestly, that wisdom, I think you, how you, how you have evolved and how so many of these women that are listening have been evolving is they bring a tremendous amount of depth and wisdom to the world mm-hmm. at this I've point. I've seen and, that over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And so in some ways I look back at that whole mess that really, I think intensified, you know, like 20, 30 years ago. And then now I feel like it's run its course and now it's dying. Thank, mm-hmm. thank goodness. Yeah. And, but that whole thing, it seemed like such a horrible, horrible thing, honestly, when it was happening. And there's still, obviously there's still people that are stuck in it and it's, resi- you know, residual, whatever, aftershocks. But 
mm-hmm. it's God is still using it to bring yeah. to birth something brand new and something more um more loving <clears throat> more powerful and more amazing than than what we had before that movement yes. happened so in that way we can give thanks and know that God always has our back and he's always moving us towards his love yes totally it, I just want to tell you, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here. It has been amazing to talk with you. I think you're an incredible human being. And mm. I think this is one of our best interviews that we've ever had. And I'm oh, really yeah. excited to share it with the listeners in a few, a couple months. So thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah. All right. And the rest of you, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, fly free.